What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. It's good to have you guys back for We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks Jr., super duper excited to have you guys along for the ride. This particular episode is not going to disappoint. Uh, you guys have been tuning in with us for quite some time now. I can't believe that we're coming up on a year that we started this particular podcast. As a matter of fact, we actually started recording it a year ago. Uh, we launched it in October of 2021. And we're pulling up on being able to say that we have been showing up live for an entire year. The consistency is real. And I need you guys to understand that the reason why is because I am convinced that when you show up, you give yourself a chance. You give yourself an opportunity. For those of you guys who are listening to the podcast, you understand that the value we bring here is designed for you to take it and do something with it. I know that oftentimes as entrepreneurs and business owners and ministry leaders, we have great ideas, but if they stay in your head, they help no one. So when we started the podcast, we started out kind of those first 12 or 13 episodes was just me sharing wisdom on some of the things that I've learned as I've grown. And even as we record today's podcast, I'm recognizing that it's been seven years in a row that we've been showing up. And that's not to toot my horn. That's to say thank you for the people that we've attracted that allowed me to to just pour into their lives. Because I want you guys to understand that the reason why I believe that God has created us is so that we could be creative. You got something to give. And when you show up and when you're being consistent, people get a chance to sit at your table, eat at your table, be nourished at your table, and go and grow. Today, we're going to get to the story behind the brand We're going to talk to Les Squire Jr. This brother is a phenomenal individual. He's incredibly talented at what he does. He has the heart of a champion. He's a wonderful, wonderful father. As a matter of fact, you know know you're a good father when you start fathering other people's children. He's got his own tribe. We're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to talk about the story behind his brand. But I want you all to understand this. In a blog post on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asks this question. It says, why are stories so powerful? Well, the truth of the matter is that they are actually more memorable than facts. Our brains are wired to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate ideas to our own experiences. They provide richness and texture. Stories bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of color, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we were actually living the story. Today, we're going to Talk about the story behind the brand of Never Quit, story behind the brand of a young man who uh, started this brand um, really a long time ago, long before it physically started. He he showed up never quitting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage here on this edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. My great friend, Les Squire Jr. What's up, bro? Good to have you in the room today. Good to have you on the call. Yes, sir. Great growth day. How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm good. You would be very proud of me, Les. So it's been six months since our coach challenged me to take better care of myself. And you and I share the same business coach. And uh, 
he, he called me up and he said, OG, listen, I need you to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the pictures. I'm seeing the videos. You, you don't look healthy, bro. The next day, I went and signed up at the YMCA and uh, got back in the pool. And it's been six months in a row, man, that I've been swimming two to three days a week. Legit. Yes, sir. And uh, from 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 one wannabe really great swimmer to a really great swimmer who, <laughs> who, who does that lifeguard thing on the beach. Listen, Les, there's a difference between a beach lifeguard <laughs> and a lifeguard at the pool. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, no shade. Not not trying to hurt nobody's feelings, but y'all different. Les, come on and talk to us, man. I want you to take people down the road of the journey to where you are today, and let's talk a little bit about the story behind your brand. If you can introduce yourself, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? Who do you do it for? And then take us back, man. How did you grow up? I know you know in the New Jersey area, and how did all of those things that you've gone through and experienced informed uh, where you are and how you serve today? Let's get it. Yeah. All right. Well, first and foremost, great growth day, everybody. My name is Les Squire Jr. And I am a brand strategist and creative marketing strategist. I focus on helping businesses get very clear on their messaging so that they can attract their ideal clients and also branding deals. Man, I'm I'm let me just say this for I'm excited to be here this morning. Um, The everything that happened before this interview is just phenomenal. (laughs) <laughs> just phenomenal. The energy is crazy. And um, if anybody, you know, if you didn't feel comfortable before you get in this interview, you feel comfortable now. Right. Um, so to take me back down memory lane. Um, I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I, first, first, let me say this. I was I was born and raised for about five years in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Then my parents moved to uh, New Jersey. My dad graduated from college and was promised a um, a job in the casinos. This is when casinos were booming, a management position. So he came down to Atlantic City, and um, that's where he spent most of his most of his time, um, you know, working there. My mom's a school teacher. Uh, about ten years into management, my dad left there and ended up getting to the school system and started, you know, doing social work, working with the students. So I had both a um, an academic presence in my household. So academics was huge for me. Um, I couldn't bring home no less than a B and and a B was like, you know, they looked at me like I was crazy. If I came home without a B, um, I grew up in on a street where everybody knew each other. It was literally the village, the village. Miss Judy could whoop your butt. Mr. Joe would whoop your butt. His brother and sister Smalls would whoop your butt. And then when you got home, they were all at the door letting your parents know (laughs) <laughs> what you did, you got your butt whooped again if you was doing something you know you wasn't supposed to be doing. So we, I grew up in that community of a village, and that's I want y'all to, you know, write that down because that's one of my core values: community, village. And you'll understand why it's very important to me of why there is a village and a community in everything that I do and how I move forward. Um, moving forward, I I grew up where there was a lot of inconsistency. Um, some broken promises. And I know at a time where I was young, I resented that one. I remember a, a, a moment where it really hurt me. Right. And I always say I would never, ever, ever do this to myself or my children. Um, well, I didn't want them to feel this feeling. So I, my mom and dad put me in swimming. I think, uh, I was in a gym class and I grew up in a community, urban community, Pleasantville high school. 
where we had a pool, but nobody ever got in the pool. <laughs> Folks would take a failing grade before they jumped in the pool, right? So one day I'm in the pool. It's about, I don't know, 40 of us in the class. There's literally five of us in the pool. And we playing basketball. We're not swimming. <laughs> we're playing basketball. And this huge white dude walks in. And he he get he gets all of our attention. He takes some money. And he said, look, I'm throwing this in 12 feet. Whoever gets it, you can have it. Without a thought, I just jump in. I go to the bottom. I get all the money. I'm the only one doing this. I jump back up. As I, as I pull back up and pull myself up onto the ledge, he pointed at me and said, you're on the swim team. <laughs> you're on the swim team. And I'm like, what? Swim team? Yeah, right. You know, I come from a community where basketball, track, and football was it, you know? Um, my mom and dad signed me up. About three, four years later, I was swimming competitively across the country, representing our country as well. And um, we did really well. We built the team up. Of about 60 people, we were beating teams that had 250 people. I mean, if y'all know the, uh, you you can look up how how they score, but that's a lot of work for 60 people to beat 250 people. That means we got to score first, second, and place on every single event. So I'm telling you all this for a reason. So over over time, I'm I'm competing, but at the same time, I'm going home and I'm still experiencing inconsistency. So I'm I'm. I'm going between worlds. One of competing, my coach picking me up at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, he he comes in the morning beeping the horn. Right, we live right behind the hood. Right behind, beeping the horn. Beep, beep. Leslie Squire, come outside. <laughs> Playing a loud music. He was always hype, always excited. He gave me a sense of um of consistency, of, of being bold. And just always pushing yourself. So 5 a.m., worked out from 5 to 7. Took us home, got us something to eat. We went back to practice in the evening. We practiced at least two, three times a day. And that's where the consistency started to build within me. And I started seeing the discrepancies between home and in that pool. And I remember the moment where it clicked for me that I had to learn to be more consistent or I wasn't going to get the things that I wanted out of life. I wasn't going to get the things that I wanted out of life. Um, this one moment that I told you guys about earlier, I worked so hard to represent the country. I was supposed to swim for the USA. It was USAA. I was 13, 14 years old. I was featured in Nike magazine, Splash magazine, I was ready to go represent and win, bring a goal home. And we had to raise some money. And long story short, we didn't raise the money. And I wasn't able to go. And that broke me at that point. And I remember from 13 years old thinking, man, I worked so hard and I wasn't able to go. And to see my friends go and see them come back, hear them talk about it, it just created this burning desire in me. Where I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to quit. So I kept going. I started swimming in high school. And that same coach came back to me and said, hey, look, there's a uh, job position available in Atlantic City to be an ocean lifeguard. And I didn't know anything about ocean lifeguarding. But he told me they made $150 a day. I said, sign me up. <laughs> I was 13 years old. I made the beach patrol. I was making $150 a day. I was bringing in clearing literally probably $1,800 
um, between $1,800 and $2,000 every two weeks. And, um, you know, a 14-year-old with that kind of money, you can imagine things that I was doing, buying car, buying clothes, and I was saving a lot of money too. Two weeks into me working in Lang City Beast Patrol, my life changed. I had to save somebody's life. Um, there was a woman that went out. She was literally drowning. She took on so much water. She went underwater. I picked her up. Well, we, we swam out there. My partner got in the boat, swimming, rowing out there. We put her in the boat, and I'm giving this woman CPR as we're going back into land. And it didn't occur to me at the time what I was actually doing because the adrenaline was rushing. You just do whatever it is that you're supposed to do, that you've been trained to do, what I call assuming the position. Y'all can write that down. Assuming the position. We got in the land, continued giving the CPR. It's, it felt like a whole hour <laughs> before EMS came. They got there. They took her off on the, on the stretcher. I didn't hear back from, because of HIPAA laws, you're not able to hear what happened. Um, that changed my life because I realized that if I wasn't there, she, she was dead. 14 years old, experiencing that, it made me take life a lot more seriously. So when I would go home and hang with my friends on the corner, and we spent all times from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 12 o'clock at night, just hanging out, doing nothing. When I started working and I would leave, I would see them on the corner hanging out. And when I come back to work, $150, I was richer, right? <laughs> I would come back home and see them on the corner doing the same thing. And right there, it clicked. That's not for me anymore. I need to move further. So as I continue to, to move on, I go to college. I have a daughter at 19. I'm on it. You talk about father. Glenn always talk about father of the year, has so many children. I had a daughter at 19 years old while I was in college. And my parents took very, very great care of me. Very great care of me. The mannerism, everything. They made sure my mannerism, my academics, they they really did a very great job with all of my, with me and my brothers and sisters. I wanted to make sure I did that for my child. So I had her in school before she was one years old. I pressed. I made sure that she had, she was taken care of. I worked three jobs. I was doing everything I could and going to school. My dad exposed me to network marketing at eight, at, at 14 years old, but I didn't start until I was 18. That really gave birth to who I am today as far as mentorship, business ownership, business structure and strategist. Because I saw him every day, you know, do PBRs, private business receptions. He invite random people to the house. My mom couldn't stand it. But he, he invite random people, prospects. He go out prospecting that path mark. <laughs> he get his bag of chicken on Sunday and spend a whole two hours prospecting, getting to know people relationship building and path marking me and my mom my brothers and sisters be sitting in the car like there you go again and we would sit there mocking hey hey how you doing my name is les squire um i'm here to yeah right? all y'all got these pictures he he he's he the og of pictures right <laughs> he always used to have his pictures and um it clicked i'm sitting here for two hours waiting for him i went up to the to the door and I saw that those little carts had quarters in them. So I said, you know what? 
let me see if I can get these carts from people. I'll, t- I'll take it back for them and I'll get the quarters. So I start getting the quarters. And one day, one day, this lady said, yes, you can take my bags and put them in the car. And she gave me $10. And I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> I just made me some money. So the next Sunday, I was already suited and booted. I would stay right by the, right by the exit door. How you doing? My name is Les Squire Jr. I'm happy and glad to serve you. I can take your bags and put them in your car for you. I have my whole pitch. Oh, my God, he's so cute. Take that back. And I would leave there with like $200, $300. I would stay there longer. My mom and dad at a point where they start driving separately because me, he would be prospecting and I'd be out there getting it with the carts in the corner. <laughs> so it was, it was, you know, making my own money was was always a big thing for me. And and a lot of times because we had some humble beginnings, right? We had some humble beginnings, and there's some things that I wasn't able to do just because my parents didn't have it. And they they, you know, in the beginning, they didn't really tell me that they didn't have it. They just, you know, just said no. <laughs> and I didn't never never knew why so I started making my own money. So one day I went to one day I went to Sam's with my mom and I saw a box of candy. And this is where it really gave birth. I saw a box of candy, it was some M&Ms, and I saw that there were 32 pieces in there. And it only cost $9.99 and it it it, it was mind-boggling to me. I said, wait a minute. When I go to church or I go to these stores, they're selling candy. I go to the store, they're selling the individual candy bars for $1.52 a pop. And you telling me this is 32 pieces for, for $10? I said, Mom, can I borrow $10 real quick before they figure out that they made a mistake with this? <laughs> And that's that's the that's where I learned about wholesaling and retailing. And my mom explained it to me. I said, "Oh, well, let me get a box. I'll pay you back." I went up and down the street selling candy. I was in school. I, they called me the candy man. I was in school at these big football duffel bags of candy. I ended up building a team where I, you know, my friends took A block, B block. I was on C and D block. At the end of the day, we collect money. I paid them off. It got to a point where I was, when eBay came out, I would bid on stuff. I would buy it. I would go to school, sell it. I will sell it back on eBay. And then we got really clever. One of my parents, one of my friends came to me and said, look, you ever go to the bargain box in the classified, in the classified section of your newspaper and people are doing yard sales and they're selling bikes for nothing. So we went around collecting bikes. We'd be in the backyard, scraping them up fixing them up, spray painting them. I would ride the bike to school, sell it, and catch the bus back home. <laughs> and that that was just that was the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. And that bug just never left me. So I always found a way to, you know, create a product or service for someone that was yo, in need. Yo, yo, I'm gonna need to jump in here. Les, let me let me say this. <laughs> I've known you for a minute. Like quite a while. And I'm sitting here grinning because some of these stories I've never heard. I've heard <laughs> enough of them to know, no, that rabbit hole gets deeper than this. But yo, <laughs> let me say this. I think less often, you know, and our coach has said this a lot. Shout out to Kendall Ficklin. 
People want what it looks like, but they don't want what it feels like. You would, would get a bike from a store, go sell it, and ride the bus home. You, 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 saw, you saw opportunities where most people saw work. In other words, that it had no opportunity in it. For you, the opportunity to be a lifeguard produced something in you. For you, an opportunity to sell candy in school produced something for you. And so I want you to kind of unpack a little bit because I got so many notes. Number one, I, I put consistency builds boldness. Consistency also builds production. You have learned that if I'm consistent as a hot iron, I will always burn. Can you can you help people understand in this audience? Because I think that in our culture today, people quit so easy, man. Like they give up so easy. And I understand it because I was that person. So as you're growing up, I've done many of the things that you just talked about. But I didn't have consistency. You know, I, I remember instead of borrowing the $10 to go get the big bags of stuff to go sell it in school, I'm ashamed to say, but I, I would go into stores and steal it and then go sell it. And so there was no markup. But 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 here's the difference. That was for thrills and for kicks. You were committed, bro. You you were committed. Talk to us a little bit about when you run it. I mean, and, and we're not going to have time to unpack all of your story. Les, you've had your entire business hijacked from you right underneath of you before. You've had people steal your name, legit, and sue you over your name. Like, people need to understand, you've had reasons to quit. Having a child at 19 years old ain't easy. But there's something in you, man, that shows up anyway. Give us a little insight as to how do we move from this idea that this is a thing to the consistency of actually building it. Talk to us. Wow. Um, you... Your why has to has to be deep enough, and I and I know sometimes you know that's that's a cliche. A lot of people use it, and you hear it all the time. Um, but I, I heard this years ago. Um, why stands for what helped you, but then it also said it's also a double meaning. What hurts you? Um, what helped you get up in the morning, right, even when you don't feel like it? What what helped you get up in the morning? I mean, not not the not the money, not the, not the, not the, the, the clients, not the, to see your Instagram grow. Like, no, why, why do you really get up every morning? You know? And then the other thing is what hurts you. This is what really pushed me. What hurts you? That if you don't get up in the morning, what it, what's being sacrificed? Your children's future for your rest, for your sleep. You know, and that 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 uh, I heard that at an event and it, it really stuck with me. But what really pushed me to to stick with this thing is I just believe. I I believe no matter what, at, even in my deepest, darkest moments, depression, you know, 
four kids, eight kids, mortgage, repossess, like anything, everything you can think about has happened. Blow my knee out. Uh, shout out to Rocky. You can make it happen. <laughs> you can make it happen. Um, you can make it happen. Um, blow your, blow your, blow my knee out. Come back. You know, two years later, they told me that it would, it would uh, only take six weeks of recovery. It took six to nine months just to, just to walk again. You know, just to learn to walk again. Um, and now two, two years later, I'm, I'm back. I'm running. I'm with my family. You know, my son, like you said, he's, he's running all over the place, but I'm able to do that because I believe that I would get back to that place. I didn't stop because I just had this deep belief. And first of all, God, but then I believe that no matter what I can, I can make whatever I want to happen. And it's really as simple as that. I, I know sometimes we try to create these esoteric statements and stuff or why we like, nah, just keep it really simple. I just believe. So I don't quit. So every day, like you look at, you see this, I'm not, for, the, for those that are on Clubhouse, you may not be able to see this, but those who are on KBC and TV, this seed that I that I wear, it's, it's, it's a seed, right? It's my brand. It's, a, it's an N and a Q for never quit. But this seed is literally just a, a, a representation that reminds me every day to keep planting the seed. Keep planting the seed. Keep planting the seed. Because I talked to Glenn about this the other day. I, I become uh, I become somewhat of a botanist, <laughs> uh, a gardener. Um, the last two years, my wife asked me to you know plant a little garden in the front, so we did it. And um, in the beginning, it looked rugged. I mean, these plants were skimpy. We planted them. I'm looking like man, this thing looked crazy. But I keep watering them. Right? <laughs> keep watering. Some of the plants died. Some of them I had to clip. Some of them I had to replant, but I kept it going. And today, that thing looked crazy. <laughs> My wife's so excited that she asked me to plant another garden on the other side. And she's not going to ask me to plant something else if the first garden was, you know. So, so I look at it like this. A lot of us sometimes put containers on what it is that God has given us and to be purposeful for. I'm planting this, uh, let me give you an analogy, talk to Glenn about this. I'm planting a, a cucumber, like a cucumber garden. My, my son at tutoring had a little plant, just a little small plant. Every day they would water it. And she said, take it home. So I took it home, start watering it, put in the sun. And I, I didn't realize that the cucumbers were actually starting to grow really small, but there was this one big one. And I realized that the, the reason why it wasn't grown, the other cucumbers weren't growing as big as this one is because I have still have it in the container. I'm containing the roots from growing. The more and the deeper that the roots go and how, and why, why do they spread the more nourishment and more nutrition they get and they, they grow bigger. I'm containing the plant. A lot of y'all containing your vision, containing your, your goals, your content, really believe. You don't really, really believe. Like that belief has to be so deep 
it has to be it has to hit hit your core. It almost makes you cry when you ain't really when you're not doing it. Man, and I, less. It's it's really simple for me. I, I don't want I don't no. Make no, 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 no. And and I know you well enough to know. I hope y'all catch this. What he recognizes is that his belief that the plant had the possibility to grow caused him to, to transplant it. Yeah. His belief is what causes him not to quit. My question is how strong and how rooted is your belief system? And I, and I think, Les, quite honestly, and I want to bring them up to today, I think that that has everything to do with what you're what you're doing today. I think that it has everything to do with the fact that you're now able to show up and duplicate other things that you've already done in other people. That seed that you talked about planting in the physical, you're doing that every day with business owners. Every day that people come to you and they're st struggling with their brand, their brand messaging, their brand values, uh, their brand communication, their brand message. Like when they struggle with that, you're the architect that helps them put that together because you understand what it looks like to believe in who you are. And when you talk about that, why that bless me, what helps you or what hurts you at the core of who you are. If you can get in touch with that, it changes everything. And I can understand you coming home every day and seeing ain't nobody doing nothing that hurts you. People breaking their promises. You're not keeping their word that hurts you. What helps you is when you see the result of the end thing, you actually showed up and took it all the way to the finish line and you get a chance to see the result that that helps you. What is your why? I need y'all to put that down somewhere. Write that down. If you're listening to us on Clubhouse, put it in the chat. What is your why? Put it in the chat. For those of you guys who are on LinkedIn, put it in the chat. For those of you guys who are on Instagram, put it in the chat. If you're listening to this podcast, put look, do me a favor. Shoot me a note. Let me know what is your why? What hurts you? What helps you? Because that's, I think, it's a secret to you getting to what needs to be done. I'm looking at the clock, and we are running up on time. So here's what I want to do, Les. I want you to kind of bring people up to today. What are you doing today to help others grow, and how can people connect with you? Yeah, real quick, let me let me just say this. If you, if you don't believe in what you're doing, how can someone else believe it? If you're not excited about what you're offering, how can somebody else be excited? If you just, eh, I'm going to just put this out there, then you're going to get an eh response. And I think that's the problem that we're having at times. You got to throw your whole self at what it is you're doing. Um, so <clears throat> bring you up. I am bring you up to speed. Um, I have a, um, a relationship focused organization where it's, we focus on student, student development, professional development in the school systems. I've been doing this for about 10 years now. That's what I do behind, I shouldn't say behind the scenes, but that's like my my brick and mortar, right? That's what I do offline for the most part. This is, that's my career. Um, but as a specialist, I focus on branding. And the reason why I do branding is because when I was out there speaking in the school systems and getting contracts provided for my family, people come to me and ask me, how are you doing this? And I was helping a lot of people do it. And they were making money providing for their families. And I realized that I had a business model established where I can teach people how to brand themselves, get very clear on their core values, their messaging, their story, so they can continue to attract their clients, um, attract the schools that were looking for that kind of messaging theme. And they were able to get into the schools and, and build their businesses that way. Um, it transitioned when I met Glenn to actually doing this online where I'm helping other business owners and ministry leaders to build their businesses um, with first focusing on their brand and really establishing the foundational 
uh, aspects to the story so that they can attract. It's, again, it's, it's all about establishing your foundation, your core values. Because again, like Glenn said before, you can show up consistently and be bold about who you are because that's what you stand for and you don't move on that. But if you don't spend the time doing that, then you're going to waver and you're going to go through your rebranding process. All right, I put that in quotations, rebranding process over and over again because you haven't spent the time to really focus in on your core values. My core values are simple, faith, family, community, creativity, and never quit. I stand on it. You'll see You'll see me show up. You look at my Instagram, you look at my Facebook, you talk to me, you'll hear it in my heart, you'll hear it in my voice. It's what I do. And I couldn't say that I was successful at what I do if I didn't do it here at home first. I have children writing books right now. I got my nephew doing my, my video recording now. I don't have to hire a videographer. He does my video. My daughter goes to, to, to technical school to learn editing. Dad, I want to learn editing so I can help you edit your videos. My daughter introduces, my, old, my youngest daughter introduces me at my events now. I do it here at home first, and this is core. So now I can show up in the marketplace and stand flat-footed because I do it here first. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Les Squire Jr., he is our resident brand specialist. If you ever come work with us in the MAPS Masterclass Business Builder Academy, um, you're going to get a chance to interact and engage with Les often. Uh, for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast, we may be past that event by the time you hear this, but for those of you guys who are hearing us live, Les will be actually on stage with us live October 21st and 22nd. He will be teaching in a whole segment around this and uh you definitely want to make sure that you pull up and uh get in the room less man listen let me just say this it's been my honor and pleasure to have you up on we all need some help wednesday the podcast the story behind your brand one of the things that just motivates me about how you roll is that you first see it then you say it and then you go do it and you repeat that cycle on a regular basis to see it as the belief i believe that i am that person the say it is where the confidence come because you legit are going to speak it into existence in the sense that you're going to encourage yourself and the do it is the simple executing part. And I've watched you do that personally, professionally, in your family and in your business for years, man. And it's my honor just to be able to serve with you, brother. Appreciate you being on the show today, man. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Thank you. I love you, man. Yeah, y'all be good. Y'all come back next week for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday the podcast. We'll see you. Y'all already know what time it is. You can't get to any place of significance by yourself. Why is that? It's because we all need some help. Y'all be good and we'll see you on the next episode. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, be sure to download this. And if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good and we'll talk soon.